Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Whether you are joining us online or in person, sincerely glad to celebrate Easter with you this weekend. Maybe you're here for the 400th time, maybe it's your first. Or maybe you're in church for the first time in a long, long time. Maybe you responded to an invitation. Or maybe you saw an ad. Maybe you just felt like you were supposed to show up here today. I really don't know. But there's one thing that I think I do know. I think as you walked in today, every single person, and as you logged in today, every single person online, you thought to yourself, man, you know what I really hope? I really, really hope that Mike Manis shows us some family pictures. And I want to tell you something. Your hope, my friend, is not in vain. Your hope is not in vain. I do have a couple family pictures of my grandsons. Okay, so we'll throw those things up right now. Yeah, that's Noah and Finn. Finn was born back in January, and Noah became a big brother. And when I look at those pictures, there's a lot of feelings that come to me. Probably gratitude and love right at the top of the list. But a few weeks ago, as I was planning for today, for this moment, I started to look at those pictures just a little bit more deeply. I got to think how those two little boys speak to your experience and my experience on this Easter of 2022. Two little boys who have a mom and dad who love them very much. Two little boys who were the superstars of the Manus family. Two little boys with four grandparents, seven uncles, three aunts who all spoil them just a little bit, actually probably a lot. Two little boys who are hugged and kissed and held and encouraged and supported an awful lot. Every milestone celebrated, every birthday and event. Two little boys who will probably never know what it is to go without food, clothing, shelter, encouragement, love, or support. And as I looked at those pictures of those two little boys, I got to thinking that there's a lot of little boys and there's a lot of little girls who don't have it nearly so good. Now, I don't want to depress you on this Easter Sunday, but we all know the truth, right? That there's little boys and there's little girls growing up in our world today, in our nation today, right here in our city. And they don't have it so good. They may never know the love of a father, and they could carry around a wound for the rest of their lives because of it. They may never know the love of a mother, and they could carry around a wound for the rest of their lives because of it. They may never know what it is to be celebrated. They may never know what it is to be spoiled. They they may never know what it is to have a birthday party, but they will know what it is to go without They will know what it is to fear the very people in your life that should be there to protect you and love you and keep you safe. They will know what it is to grow up in an environment of anger, neglect, abandonment, and even abuse. And so before I go any further today, I want to recognize that there are people joining us online right now, there are people here today, right now, and that's your story. 
And I want to tell you I'm sorry. That's not the way it was supposed to be. And when I look at those pictures of those two little boys, and I think about all the little boys and little girls growing up that don't have it nearly so good, I think to myself, man, I sure hope that if it was within my power to save even one little boy or one little girl from an environment of anger, neglect, abandonment, or abuse, that I would do whatever it took to save him. Furthermore, I would certainly hope that I wouldn't look at that situation, shrug my shoulders, walk away, and say, well, they just need to save themselves. Let me say that to you one more time. I would certainly hope that if it was within my power to save even one little boy or one little girl from growing up in that broken type of environment, that I would do whatever it took to save him. And I sure hope that I wouldn't shrug my shoulders and walk away and say, they just need to save themselves. That is Easter. The Bible says it this way in Romans chapter 5. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us, sinners. See, it would be absurd for me to look at those two little boys and say, well, they just need to save themselves. That would be absurd, wouldn't it? Well, what I want to suggest to you today is that it would be equally as absurd for you to look at me or for me to look at you and say, spiritually speaking, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and suggest to you that you need to save yourself. That would be absurd. And here's the thing. I think we all know it. There's something about this world that we live in. It's a world where there is so much beauty, there is so much hope, there is so much light, and there is so much love. And we rejoice in that. We're grateful for that. But the truth is, and we all know it, that along with the beauty in this world, there is also ugly. Along with the hope, there is also despair. Along with the light, there is also darkness. And along with the love, there is also anger, division, hatred, and war. We get that. And so therefore, if we're going to talk about a word like salvation, if we're going to talk about being saved, well, we've been around this world long enough to know that we need something that transcends this world. We, we need something that goes above and beyond this world. And the challenge is for me, and the challenge is for you, that if you're looking for someone to transcend this world, to be above and beyond the brokenness of this broken world, it ain't me. And with all due respect, it ain't you either. Like I look at the picture of what the world should be, and then I look at the world, and there's something not quite right. There's something broken. But sometimes I think the same is true for me. A little while ago, I was listening to this guy, amazing dude, amazing guy. He used to be a Navy SEAL, and now he runs ultra marathons, 
like back to back to back to back. You guys, he's run like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometers a year. And then one day he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set the world record for the most pull-ups in 24 hours. And this guy did 4,000 pull-ups in 24 hours. I'm pretty sure I haven't done 4,000 pull-ups in my entire life, okay? So I'm just like mesmerized. I'm listening to this guy. So amazing. Like the whole point is that we got to aim higher. We got to dream bigger. We got to maximize our potential. And then if we do, we're unstoppable. Oh man, I was getting so fired up. I'm listening to that thing at 2.5 speed because that's how I listen to audiobooks and things like that. I'm just so fired up. And then he says this. He says, I was telling my third wife the other day, anything is possible. <laughs> and, and, and so I pulled my phone out of my pocket. I pushed pause. I went back 30 seconds. I went from 2.5 speed to regular speed, which seems so slow. So I'm listening to this guy say, I was telling my third wife the other day that anything is possible, and obviously I thought to myself the same thing you're thinking, except a lasting marriage, evidently. And I'm not making fun of him. I'd love to meet that guy. Sounds amazing. But when I heard him say that, it pointed out something about me. Like, if you're looking for somebody to transcend the brokenness of this broken world, to bring help above and beyond what this world offers, I ain't your guy. And with all due respect, either are you, right? We look around this world and we go, man, there's lots of beauty, but there's also lots of ugly. Well, I got to tell you, when I look inside of me, there's lots of beautiful, but there's also ugly. There's lots of hope, but there's also despair. There's also, there, there, there's lots of light, but there's also darkness. There's lots of love, but there's also inside of me anger and even hatred. The solution to the brokenness in this broken world, the solution to the brokenness inside of me, it's, it's not inside of me. It's above and beyond. I remember when I became really well acquainted with the brokenness inside of me. I was 14 years old. 14 years old. My first day of grade 10. So I went to a small private school for grade seven, grade eight, and grade nine, but I went to this really big high school for grade 10, 11, and 12. And I remember my first day of school, I didn't really know anybody. So I'm walking around at lunch, lunch hour, I'm walking around by myself, and to celebrate my first day of high school, my mom, instead of giving me a drinking box in my lunch, she gave me a can of pop which was a big deal, man. I was stoked, right? A, a can of C-plus orange pop. And I'm walking down the hallway, no drinking box for me, man. I'm living the C-plus life, right? And I'm walking along, just fired up about my can of C-plus orange pop, little bit, little bit nervous, little bit scared, little bit lonely all by myself, but still, I'm living the C-plus life. And I come around the corner, and Rick Larson is standing there. Now, Rick Larson is the captain of the football team, grade 12. If you would have taken a survey back in those days, Red Deer, Alberta, population 100,000, survey of the most popular, cool teenagers in Red Deer, Alberta at that time, the survey would have said, Rick Larson. And there he is, captain of the football team, grade 12. He looks at me, and I walk around the corner, living the C-plus life, and he says, hey, kid, give me your pop. And in that moment, I like just a little tiny, 
I kind of knew it was bad news, but I had a, lot, a tiny little thread of delusion. And the delusion was, maybe this is a game recognizes game moment that we're having here. You know what I mean? Like Rick Larson is looking at his heir apparent. He's the cool grade 12 kid. He sees the grade 10 kid come around the corner. And he thinks, there's something about that kid. He's really cool. And so I go with it. And so I walk around and I'm thinking, this game recognizes game maybe. So he says, hey kid, give me your pop. And I look at him and I kind of tip up the C plus orange pop. I smile and I keep walking. And I realized in that moment that it was not a game recognizes game moment because suddenly Rick Larson is standing directly in front of me nose to nose. And yes, that is correct. We were nose to nose. I went, I was the shortest kid in my class in grade nine. Between grade nine into the first day of grade 10, I grew to be almost the height that I am right now. My physique was something like a Q-tip with shoes, okay? So that was me. So there's the, there's the Ricker and the Mikester, not having a game recognizes game moment at all, and he yells in my face, give me your expletive pop or I will expletive kill you. And so I gave him my expletive pop and I walked down the hallway. And surrounding Rick Larson that day were, I don't know, maybe 20 of the most popular kids in the school. And they all laughed as I walked away. And the problem for me wasn't the laughter from outside. The problem was it illustrated for me something that was going on inside. Like just this feeling of fear, loneliness, inadequacy, and insecurity. You know what I did that moment? I followed the advice of the 4,000 pull-up guy. I followed the advice of the 4,000 pull-up guy. I came up with a plan to maximize my potential. Okay, now I was no Einstein. I was 14 years old. My plan was very simple. It was a two-part plan. I'm going to fight a lot and get tough, and I'm going to party a lot and get popular. That was my two-part. I was no Einstein, 14 years old, okay? Two-part plan, get tough, get popular, get tough, get popular, get tough, get popular. And you know what? It was a complete success. It worked completely. And it was a complete failure. Because I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve out here in my little 14-year-old two-part plan, but it didn't change anything in here. In fact, I would go as far as to say this. It illustrated for me with every passing day more and more the brokenness inside of me. I felt more fearful. I felt more alone. I felt more inadequate. I felt more insecure. Speaking of Einstein, Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results. By the way, for some of you, that's what you needed to hear more than anything else on this Easter Sunday. You're very welcome. But anyways, I'll continue the story. So I kept doubling down. I was no Einstein. I kept doubling down on my two-part plan. And you can imagine with this simple, insane two-part plan, you keep doubling down on that plan, your life goes off the rails in a hurry. So I'm 18 years old. I remember getting, getting thrown in jail one night. Well, I actually don't remember being thrown in jail, but I know I did get thrown in jail because I woke up the next morning in jail. I woke up with a police officer banging something metal really loud and yelling, wakey, wakey, sleeping beauty, your mummy is here to pick you up. <clears throat> I opened my eyes and it took me about 10 seconds to realize, wait a minute, I'm in jail. Hmm. I sat up, and as I sat up, I realized that I had been clutching a felt blanket to my face overnight. And I had thrown up all over myself during the night. 
and the throw up had all dried and hardened. So I went to pull the felt blanket off my face. I had like a nice felt blanket beard. And I get up and I start walking towards the front. I got a big rip in my shirt and I stink. Call it the smell of defeat if you want. And I'm walking up towards the front of this police station and I can't believe it. Oh, it's not that I can't believe I was in jail. That made perfect sense to me. The life I was living, that made perfect sense to me. What I couldn't believe, what I couldn't believe. is that my mom was there to pick me up. See, because as much as I was working my two-part plan, as much as my life had gone off the rails, um, I really loved my mom. And I'm not sure if I was successful or not, but one of the biggest uh, things that I was doing back then, it was trying to hide my life from her. And now I'm walking up with a felt blanket beard and a ripped shirt and the smell of defeat all over me, and my mom was waiting at the front. So I get there, and I'm not looking at her. <laughs> we walk up to the car, and we start to drive, and nobody's talking, just me and her in the car. And about five minutes into the drive, she looks at me, and she says, we're gonna go home, and you're gonna get cleaned up. And then we're gonna go to the mall, and I'm gonna buy you some new clothes. I want to ask you to do something for me, just for a second. Imagine being me in that moment. Now, some of you are looking at me right now going, I, I can't imagine being you. I was never that big of a wingnut, Mike. I get it, I get it, I get it. But could you try? Could you try? Have, have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt insecure? Have you ever felt inadequate? Have you ever felt lost or defeated? In that moment, in that little car, she said, we're gonna go home. You need to get cleaned up. We're going to the mall, I'm gonna buy some clothes. This is back when people went to the mall. It was many, many years ago. See, I mentioned that because that's the story of Easter. In that moment in that little car driving away from the police station, my mom showed me three things. She showed me love, she showed me mercy, and she showed me grace. That's Easter. Easter is love and mercy and grace. Where did she say we were going? We were gonna go home. Home, home. Home was a place for family, right? Home was a place for family. Home is a place for absolute and unconditional Love. And in that moment when my mom said to me, we are going home, we are going home, we are going home, what she said to me is, I love you. I love you, your family. And it's not, it's not based on your performance because my performance definitely did not merit it. It's based on your position. You are my kid. You understand that's Easter, right? John 3:16 says this, for God so loved the world, for God so loves you, that he sent his one and only son. Just like my mom showed up at the police station, Jesus showed up in our broken world for you. You 
are loved. And I said this earlier. I said inside of all of us, there is some hope, but there is some despair. And the despairing part of us, if you're anything like me, the despairing part of you and the despairing part of me, anytime you hear a preacher up on a stage like this say something like, God loves you, you think, the despairing part of you thinks, the broken part of you thinks, that applies to anyone else in the world except for me. I know how you're feeling because I've been there. You say, Mike, you don't know me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You're right. Maybe you feel like today that your performance does not merit God's love. I believe you, but that's not the point. It's not about your performance. It's about your position. You are God's child. So this Easter, you need to understand something. No matter what the despairing part of you is telling you right now, you are fully, completely, absolutely, and totally loved. Easter is about love, but it's also about mercy. Mercy is withholding negative consequences. Withholding negative consequences. My mom says to me, hey, we're going to go home, and then you're going to get cleaned up. What could my mom have said in that moment? What might my mom well have said in that moment? She might have said something like this, hey, we're going to go home, and you're going to pack your stuff because you're kicked out. Hey, uh, we're going to go home, and you're going to say goodbye to your sister because you're disowned. Hey, we're going to go home. I'm driving the car. You're going to run the 25 kilometers home. <laughs> but she didn't say that. That's mercy. That's mercy. Easter is not only about love, but Easter is about mercy. Easter is about withholding negative consequences. I said this before. We're broken people living in a broken world. Here's the problem. God is a perfect God. And you and me, you and me, spiritually speaking, we were meant to live in perfect, unbroken relationship with that perfect God. Which is amazing. Because God is beauty. And God is joy. And God is hope. And God is strength. And God is life. God is life. God is the source of life. And so when that relationship is broken, the Bible says it this way, the wages of sin is death. So Easter isn't just about love, it's about mercy. Jesus came and Jesus says, I'll die. I'll die so you don't have to. When Jesus came and he died, he came to bridge the gap between you and God. My mom said, we're going to get you cleaned up. That's important to note, you know. Because I think metaphorically speaking, there's many people watching online right now or here in person right now, and you are walking around with a felt blanket beard, a ripped shirt, and the smell of defeat all over you because you look back at your past and you can't move past it. You can't get past your past. You got baggage. You got regret. You even have shame from your past. And Jesus came and Jesus died so you could be made completely and totally clean. Fresh start, new beginning. That's Easter. Easter is love and Easter is mercy. Oh, and mercy is grace too. My mom says to me, hey, we're gonna go home. You're gonna get cleaned up. 
and then we're going to the mall, and I'm going to buy you some new clothes. And some of you are looking at me right now, and you're thinking, that's bad parenting, and I don't care what you think. You understand, right? Imagine being me. In that moment, I was convinced that I did not deserve anything beautiful. I did not deserve anything caring. I did not deserve any kind of blessing. And here's what's crazy, I was right. I didn't deserve any of it. That's what grace is. You know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor, unmerited favor, unmerited favor. If you deserve it, it's not grace. It's beautiful. See, Easter is about love, and Easter is about mercy, but Easter is also about grace, because Jesus came and Jesus died, but then he rose again. Not only to release you from the bondage of your past, but to set you free into your future. Jesus came to restore your soul. One of the most beautiful passages in the entire Bible is Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. That brokenness inside of it, he, inside of me, he fixes it. Beauty and hope and light and love come to define me and he changes me from the inside out. Little by little by little by little, he changes me from the inside out. And that's okay that it's little by little because I got forever. What's crazy about grace is as he begins to change you, you look around, you'll notice that as he's changing you, he's changing your marriage, he's changing your family, he's changing your friendships, he's changing your life, he's actually changing the world through you. I said earlier, I said, imagine being me. Imagine being me. Well, here's the truth. It's Easter. That little story, that's your story. You don't have to imagine. That's your story. We all know what it is to really, really want to be loved fully, completely, and unconditionally, not for our performance, but for who we are. And I want to tell you, on this Easter Sunday of 2022, you are loved. You are loved. We all want mercy. Man, we want to move past our past. I want to tell you on this Easter of 2022 that Jesus came and Jesus died, and you can be clean. You can move past your past today. And we all know what it is to crave grace. Grace. I want to tell you, Jesus came because he loves you. He died for mercy. He rose again for grace. And because he rose again, let me tell you completely and unequivocally, listen, you want to know your story? I don't know exactly what the last few chapters are going to be, but I know what the last line is going to be. Are you ready for it? Here's the last line. Because of grace, you want to know the last line of your story? It's a good one. You ready for it? Here, here's what it is. Because of Jesus, because he lived, died, and rose again, you want to know the last line of your story? Here it is. The best is yet to come. Always. That's my story. That's your story. I asked the band to 
sing a song for us now. You can just remain seated, but it's a song about your heavenly father. I don't know what kind of earthly father you have, but I wanted you to re be reminded today that your father is a father of love and mercy and grace. Who 
I speak from experience and I speak with absolute certainty. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. You are completely and absolutely loved. It's Easter. Love of Father, absolute and unconditional. Jesus came for love, he died for mercy. That I know that no matter where you're at today, even if you feel like you're walking around with a felt blanket beard and a ripped shirt and the smell of defeat, that he wants to make you brand new today. That's the plan. And Jesus rose again for grace. Your story, oh, it's gonna get good. The best is yet to come. So as we close this Easter service of 2022, I just want to ask you to take a moment and bow your heads and close your eyes if you could, whether you're online or in person right now. So as we've talked about all day today, everything that needed to be done for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, for your salvation that transcends this world has already been done. And so now the next step is your step to accept what Jesus has already accomplished through his death and resurrection. That's it. It's as easy as that. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if today is your day, whether you're online or in person, and you want to accept that gift of salvation that will change your past, your present, your future, your eternity, I want you just to raise your hand nice and high because I want to pray for you right now. Awesome. Awesome, whether you're online or in person. If you raised your hand, you can put it down right now. 
and I'm gonna pray out loud and I invite you to pray along with me silently. So dear Jesus, thank you that you came. Thank you that you died and rose again for love, for mercy, for grace. I accept it. I thank you. Thank you that you release me from guilt and shame, but you also send me into the freedom today, tomorrow, and forever, and for all of us, God. No matter if we go into church our whole lives, whatever, I pray that we would live lives that would reflect, that would illustrate the love that you've shown us, the mercy that you've given us, and the grace that you give us every single day. We love you, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that, guys. Hey, I want to ask you, if you just raise your hand online or in person, could you please just text the keyword LIFE, L-I-F-E, to 604-670-3040? This is a journey. I know the last line is the best is yet to come, and it's going to get good, and we get to journey it together. Speaking of that, next week? Next week's Sunday? Oh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be unreal. You need to be here. I love you guys. Happy Easter. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.